Are you not entertained? How about that game last night? Am I confident in the Patriots again? Am I concerned about the Chiefs? Plus, the Cowboys and Jaguars, was that more about good Cowboys? Or just the Jacksonville Jaguars not showing up? Plus, reportedly Giants players in the locker room want a quarterback change but should they? Plus, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New York Jets, the Minnesota Vikings, the Baltimore Ravens, and the ALCS. Who should be favored the rest of the way? It is a jam podcast that starts now. Welcome on in the Sports 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Friend, here on an NFL Reaction Monday. We are going to get to some baseball later on. But first, two and a half minutes on the clock. The New England Patriots hanging on to beat the Kansas City Chiefs 43-40 to last night. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That was just so much entertainment last night. That game, first and foremost, before I even get into specifics, was incredible. It was awesome. From the beginning, from kickoff, to all the way to the end, that was incredible, incredible entertainment. That's for sure. But more importantly than that, what happened last night was a little young Billy Goat stared into the big old goat's eyes and said, let's go to battle. And he didn't shy away. And of course, I'm referring to Patrick Mahomes essentially going throw for throw and step for step with Tom Brady last night. And I mean, those of you who've listened to this podcast week after week know I have been reluctant to go in pretty much at all on Patrick Mahomes or buy in on him. Well, folks, he did that for me last night. He did. I'm in on Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not going to go... As in, as some people are saying, which is going to be a great quarterback in this league for years to come. No, but I think it's going to be pretty damn hard for him not to be good. Because if you go into New England and face Bill Belichick and Tom Brady for the first time of your your career and essentially lose because your defense couldn't stop a bloody nose if it's tried, well, then you're going to have likely a good career in this league. Because the reality is... How many times have we seen a rookie quarterback, you know, get some confidence, look good going into New England, and then the first time they face New England, they look like crap. That is what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have historically done to rookie quarterbacks and what they could not do to Patrick Mahomes last night. Now, on the flip side for Kansas City, before I do get to the Patriots here, I mean, their defense needs to get their act together. And if their defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, wasn't, you know, getting a little shaky in his boots, I don't know when he will be because... At this point, I'd seriously consider his job. I get they're banged up, but they shouldn't be this bad regardless. Now, for the Patriots. First and foremost, I mean, how about Tom Brady? Listen, I've had my concerns about how he's played so far this season. Even within this game, despite what the stats say, there was times where he didn't look his normal self. But when it came down to it, When the bleep hit the fan, Tom Brady was there. Now, regarding the Patriots, I feel slightly better about the Patriots. Slightly. In terms of how I felt about them after that Lions loss, and even how I felt about them after the couple weeks. Because Sonny Michel, that running back emerging, is no small feat. But I still have concerns on their defensive side. 
Their offense less. I feel better about their offense, but their defense, it's going to be tested. Packers, Vikings, Steelers still to come this season. But if this rematch, you know, was in Kansas City or even in New England, I don't know how you feel too confident picking the New England Patriots. Now, two minutes on the clock. The Dallas Cowboys blowing out the Jacksonville Jaguars 40-7 to yesterday. Let me say this, first and foremost. Dallas should feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dallas should feel good. I said it. Dallas Cowboys fans should feel good. They got to win. So, of course, they should feel good. But not too good. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't show up. They didn't bother to even show up in Dallas yesterday. That was awful. It was even awful for Jacksonville Jaguars standards. Like, listen, I had felt shaky on them the past couple weeks, but I picked them in this game because I thought they rebound or at least show some life, and they showed none. And I got to admit, I'm a little bit pissed at them because now we have all these Cowboys fans, these, these, you know, you ever see a baby, by the way, like when they get all cute over something that really, or all uh, happy rather over something that they really shouldn't get happy over. And it's so cute. You just want to squeeze their cheeks. It's kind of what I want to do to Cowboys fans this morning. Cause it's like, yay, you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars who didn't show up. Let me tell you a couple of things. One, first and foremost, you know, it's not rocket science. But apparently is for Jason Garrett. When you run your offense through Zeke, you do pretty damn well. Your defense, I'm not going to go all in on yet, but so far has looked good. But you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that over the past couple weeks has not looked good. And it's one of the most overrated things in the NFL at this point. And I hate to say this, but the Cowboys got lucky in large part too. I know, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. The Cowboys usually never, ever get luck. But in this game, Dak Prescott had two first-half fumbles that bounced right back into his lap. And if that doesn't happen, then this is a completely different game. And what we were reminded of is the Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles can only be so much of a threat, and the Dallas Cowboys took advantage of that. So I know, Cowboys fans, I don't feel much different about your team than I did a week ago. Two minutes on the clock. The New York Giants reports coming out from CBS Sports and others that players internally in that locker room want a quarterback change. So I'll ask the question I asked in today's show. Should the Giants really consider making a quarterback change right now? Hmm. You know, is the sky blue? Is water wet? Well, maybe that other one is even in debate now. But regardless, yes and yes, okay? Yes, the Giants should consider making a quarterback change. Eli Manning has been awful. Absolutely awful. And because Giants fans either sometimes don't believe this or are maybe coming around to this fact, let me give you some stats because these are absolutely unbelievable. Not just interception ratio or completion percentage. Let's go here. Eli Manning is throwing 61% of his attempts... 10 yards or less. I'll say that one more time. Eli Manning is throwing 61% of his throwing attempts, 10 yards or less down the field. But even beyond that, because that just makes him check down Alex Smith. Oh, wait, it gets worse. One third. One third of the passes Eli Manning attempts at this point are thrown behind the line of scrimmage. They are thrown behind the damn line of the scrimmage. Forget calling him check down Alex Smith. That's giving him too much credit. So imagine trying to come up with a coaching game plan for this. When you have that as your quarterback. So 
I don't know. Let me just try something here on behalf of all Giants fans. Even though I'm not a Giants fan, I'll do this for you anyway. Maybe we can apologize to Ben McAdoo, who is trying to push this organization, as well as if his own job, of course, but trying to push this organization in the right direction. And my main thing for the Giants now is, um, you know, where do you go? Because call me crazy, Kyle Luletta, the rookie from Richmond, I don't have a lot of faith in. Alex Tenney, a 30-year-old backup quarterback, I don't have a lot of faith in. You look at the draft, it's not a good draft for quarterbacks, but... Excuse me, I forgot you have a good running back and you have a good wide receiver, so yippee. Now, two minutes on the clock. The Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday, 28-21. to Let me say this. Because I asked this question on today's show as well. Are the Steelers back as a playoff threat? The Steelers are back as a threat to make the playoffs. They are not back in terms of being a playoff threat. What happened yesterday was multiple things. One, Big Ben got his 36-year-old self together and looked half-decent. The running game, obviously led by James Conner, got good again. And possibly most importantly, that duo of Juju Smith-Schuster, who would be a number one wide receiver on any other team pretty much in this league right now, and Antonio Brown is lethal absolutely lethal. And because of the division they're in, they do have a shot. They're only a game back of Cincinnati and Baltimore. They do have a shot to make the playoffs, even though I said at the beginning of the season, I don't think they will. And right now, I'm less confident in that, but I still don't think they will. Their defense ranks 22nd in the league, and they play the Cleveland Browns next week. And I'm sorry, but would there be anything more Cleveland Browns? Or excuse me, well, Cleveland Browns. But would there be anything more Pittsburgh Steelers-esque than going in and losing that game? I don't know if there would. And oh yeah, by the way, an even more of a pivotal game, they played the Baltimore Ravens in two weeks. So we're going to see how their playoff picture really pans out in two weeks. But right now, they're a threat to make the playoffs, but not a threat in a deep run. And on that note, let's put two minutes again on the clock for the New York Jets. They won yesterday. They beat the Colts. I want to ask Jets fans, how do you feel? How do you feel about your season so far? And I got to be honest with you, Jets fans. You should be feeling good. Like, hell, let me just do it with you. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I mean, do it. You might as well. You should be feeling good because... The fact that this young team, led by a young quarterback, started off this season 1-3 when they could have easily rolled over, when they could have easily just gone into a dumpster fire and had a top pick again, but then bounced back in back-to-back weeks and beat the Colts and beat the Broncos? Yeah, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. And yesterday, overall... Sam Darnold looked good. He did have a terrible interception, and he has to clean up his decision-making. But overall, he looked good. The defense, I still have relative confidence in. I don't think they're going to be a good defense by any means, but I think they can be middle of the pack. I think this is a little bit of a one-week-off thing, and I could realistically see them going 8-8. Eight and eight. 
maybe seven and nine. And to me, if you're a Jets fan, that's not a bad season. That's a good step forward. You'll still have a decent draft pick and you'll continue on with this rebuild with a quarterback at the helm if he continues to develop like he's developing. They play the Vikings next week, which is obviously going to be a significant test. But what I really want to see and what they can really prove to me that they're maybe even further along in this process than I thought is in two weeks when they go into Chicago to play the Bears. So next two weeks will be interesting. By interesting, I mean two likely losses. Maybe one and one if they can beat the Bears. But regardless, Jets fans should feel good about how this rebuild's going. Okay, here we go. Before I get to baseball here, in just 90 seconds, let me put, well, 90 seconds on the clock for the Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens, who both played and beat terrible teams. Vikings beat the Cardinals, and the Ravens beat the Titans, who if there's a fake or 3-3 three and three team in the history of this league, you're going to have to show me one. Let me just tell you this, and I can't believe I'm saying this. At this point right now, as I'm sitting here on October 15th, I have more faith in the Baltimore Ravens as the real deal than I do the Minnesota Vikings. And I can't believe I'm saying that myself either. I really, really absolutely can't. But I look at the Vikings and I see Kirk Cousins, who after a good start has not looked like he's fitting into that system comfortably, which was a concern of mine heading into this season. And that defense, probably even more importantly, has looked atrocious. And then you go to the Ravens, and if, I, yes, they had 11 sacks yesterday. It's sexy. Everybody loves it, so it's awesome. But they've been, I mean, you could, I mean, they're certainly top five. They're probably, and in my opinion, just without a doubt, top three. You could argue the Ravens are the best defense in the league right now even admitting those 11 sacks yesterday. And at this point with this Ravens team, I'm going to assume that last week when they lost to the Browns was a little bit of an anomaly. But I'm also going to remind myself that I can only trust them so much when they have Joe Flacco as their quarterback. That's the real problem here. 90 seconds on the clock. Houston Astros, Boston Red Sox now now rather tied at one after the Red Sox win last night. First and foremost, I had zero doubt about last night. None. I, I knew if the Red Sox lost that game, the series was going to be over. Sorry, Red Sox fans. I, I mean, you maybe would have gotten one in Houston, but then you're talking about the series being three and one, and I don't have faith in you winning three games in a row. So I knew if they lost last night, it was going to be over, but I didn't think they would. If you've watched the Red Sox this season, you've seen them bounce back time and time again after tough games. That's exactly what they did yesterday. David Price was good enough. Still a little bit of postseason David Price in there, but he was still good enough. And then you look ahead to game three. Well, tomorrow night, Evaldi versus Keiko. Uh, call me crazy. I'm not taking Keiko in that matchup. And above all of this, I still need to see somebody slow down the Boston Red Sox bats, which nobody's been able to do really this postseason. So the Red Sox should be favored the rest of the way. Absolutely. And I think it was ludicrous how people were overreacting to a one-game thing. I said it before. I said it literally after the last series. So about a week ago now, I'll say it again. The Red Sox are winning the World Series. But the bottom line is, I will say this, this series has been fun to watch, and that's not going to change. 
All right, there you have it. That's the podcast. Earlier today, Sportsnet Show released, as always, on Sportsnet.com and the YouTube channel. Do want to say thank you to my dad for coming on this weekend for part of the five-year anniversary special of Sports Nick. Also, thank you to John Vacari, Dan, Brendan. You know who you are. They help out behind the scenes on the Sports Nick radio show, and they gave me a really thoughtful gift, so I appreciate that. Appreciate all the well wishes, and um, well, here we go. Onward and onward. I'll see you tomorrow.